Can't get over your favorite BL actor? Let's talk about it. Can't get enough of your favorite BL series? Let's talk about it. Looking for more BL content? This is it. This is your new go-to podcast for everything related to BL series, BL actors, and the ever-growing BL community. Hi, I'm Robin. You're now listening to Pink Milk Diaries. One. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Pink Milk Diaries, episode two. Uh, Pink Milk Diaries is a together podcast project from We Are In Too Deep Together, um, where we deep dive one BL series per episode. If you don't know me, I'm Robin from We're In Too Deep Together podcast. You can join me and my guests via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts as we discuss everything related to BL and LGBT issues. If you've never listened to either We're In Too Deep Together or Bright Wind Weekly, uh, please search Together Podcast on YouTube and check out your podcasting app to listen. And if you want to keep up to date, if you like what you hear, uh, you can follow us at Together Podcast on all platforms. Today's guest is a BL content creator on TikTok who just, uh, well, who I recently met. Um, we met on BL TikTok and now we talk at least once a week. Uh, I know him. I first saw his uh, TikTok videos and they were insightful and like laid back and I just had to keep on watching. Um and then through a mutual BL uh, friend, Marcos, uh, we we got to talking. And now Saint, welcome Saint. Hi. Hi Saint is a guest uh, on BL Talk uh, every, almost every time, every Sunday night. So how do you feel about, uh, first, if, do you want to say anything about your, uh, about your content on TikTok? Right. Uh, so yeah, I do, I do a lot of uh, TikToks. It's, uh, mostly all the scenes that I love watching from every episode I try to like if I love it that much then I will post it up there which is uh, I try to share as much as I can and also instead of me saying like um, doing voiceovers I do the right. ones that, uh, on, on the screen because I try to keep it mellow try to not to show as much because I try to have the show be part of the, the video, not me. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I am like the opposite. And so that's why when I saw your videos, I was like, oh, this is really good. I want to see these. But also, um, I really do enjoy hearing you talk about BL. Um, so like when you are a guest on BL Talk, uh, our IG lives, um, it's really great to put you front and center. Um, which is why we wanted you to be a guest on the, the special episode of Pink Milk Diaries and on this episode. How do you, uh, do you like BL Talk? How, how are we doing over here at Together Podcast? What do you think? Oh, it's awesome. I love, I love talking about anything about BL. So every time I get a chance to talk with you guys every, every week on that Instagram live, um, it's awesome because I get very passionate. Um, if, if you come and join us and you will see how passionate we get about talking about BL, it's it's like we get to we get really really excited we just talk and talk and talk and and then at the end we're just like whoa it's been an hour already <laughs> of talking right. about this. 
Yeah, I know. I know. At the end, every time it's like 1 a.m. and I have the energy to keep on going, but I know that I shouldn't because I have things to do the next day. It's like, ah, I want to keep on going. Why do we have to stop? Um, so now, uh, wait, how are you feeling about today's recording? Are you excited? I'm very excited. I'm, uh, I know. I'm super excited. Um, if you haven't guessed by the logo, if you haven't guessed from the theme, we are doing a, can I get a drum roll? No, I still can't get a drum roll. I'm trying to put, push Justin to allow us to have a drum roll, but she just won't listen. Um, so today we're doing Dark Blue Kiss, uh, which is a really awesome BL, like one of my favorites. Um, so that brings us to our first segment, Boy Love, or boy hate, as in, oh boy, I love it, or oh boy, I hate it. How do you feel about this? Are you ready? Oh boy, I love it. I am super Okay. <laughs> wow. You're already informed too. Um, so the one thing that, the first thing that you notice about Dark Blue Kiss is that theme song, that, that opening theme. It starts out kind of slow and you think, oh, this is going to be laid back. It's going to be fine. Then it explodes into this dramatic... Uh, violin music and you start to see the characters and you can almost get a hint of the dynamics and the different things that are happening are going to be happening as you watch um so about that theme song do you love it or do you hate it saint i uh, i boy i love it so much because of the of the way that the song is first it starts very like you said very like steady like, and then boom it hits you with that song and that with that and and all the characters started coming out of especially when they come back uh, from the sheets and everything and just stare at the camera. It's like that stare is like getting you. It's like, Ooh, what is this is going to be about kind of a, 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 a song theme song. And uh, it kind of reminds me of Spanish Stella novellas because that's how they are too. They're very, they start slow and then they go very dramatic afterwards. I have to agree with you. Oh boy. I love that theme song. Like, for BL, like, I'm not, I'm not like one of those, well, anyway, I'm not one of those soap opera people, but let's, let's go in, let's go into the next one. That brings us to the next one, actually. Um, so love triangles, uh, drama, craziness. How do you feel about the craziness that happens in Dark Blue Kids? Oh boy, I love, I love the triangles because it, of the drama, not because of uh, what, but it might be the toxicity of everything. I just like the drama of it that comes with it because it's it's like, what is this character going to do with this character to get rid of that character? And what are, what are they trying to do? And what are the sneaky things? What are they going to be doing? And everything like that. Like trying to get that one character to move step aside so this character could go in and do what they want to do for that other character. Yeah, definitely. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. Like you're drawn in. I have to agree. Oh boy, I love the drama. I love the love triangles. I love like every little bit of it. Um, and like it's okay. It's weird because it's not like I love it. It's like it's like it's like it's like a love hate. Mm -hmm. I hate that that so many bad things are happening to our favorite characters, but also it's like you're glued to it and you can't get enough. So it's it's really interesting. So that brings us to our next item. Um it's happening on another engineering campus, at least partially happening on yet another engineering campus. 
Um, so how do you feel about that? Do you love it or you hate it? I kind of love it and hate it because like, yes, it's another engineering um, series, but also too, the thing is that it's not mainly focused on the engineering school. Like we're not constantly going to the engineering school. We get, we get parts going to the coffee shop as well. So the coffee shop and going to the coffee shop, going back to the school kind of like uh, balances it out. I think in, in my opinion, I think we, uh, we see more of the coffee shop more than the actual school uh, because yeah. the school is like just bits and parts of it, trying to get the story in it, but then they go straight back to the coffee shop or somewhere that involves uh, drinking something, caffeine or somewhere in, the, in that area. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm gonna say something that I've never said before. Um, I'm gonna say, oh boy, I like it. Um, things happening on an engineering campus in a BL is a BL trope. Um, and I think like it's a benign trope. It's not a bad thing. It's not toxic, um, but it's not, you know, it's, it's not hurting anyone. If anything, it's something that the BL community can rally around. So the fact that an engineering campus is involved in this BL is like something they like, you know, it, it's something, but it's not something I'm like in love with because it doesn't, it doesn't really mean that much, um, but it's cool. Yeah. So, and I, I have to agree with you, actually, the one thing that brought this home a little more to me in this series was the fact that it takes place like more than half of the series takes place in a coffee shop. For me, that's like, that's home. <laughs> so um, I work at a coffee shop, you know, even before I worked at a coffee shop, like more than half my life took place at coffee shops just because I like being there. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I like I like the engineering campus being involved. Um, so our next our next one is 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 kind of charged. Uh, it's non. Do you love or do you hate non? Our scheming little antagonist, the little worm. I didn't let any of my feelings into that. <laughs> oh boy, I hate him so much. Uh, but there are just bits and parts of it that I like him because I feel bad for him. But majority of the whole series, I hate him. <laughs> I hate him so much because. He's trying so much to get rid of Pete in order to get get with Cal and the skinny parts of it that he tries to do, like bits and parts of it, even though like if you, if, if you don't see it in the bigger picture, just see it bits and parts of it. The bits and parts of it, that add, add, it adds up with every single episode. And it, every time I, he does something, it just gets me really mad and upset of Nam because he, I know what he's trying to do and Cal is just so innocent and he's trying to be the nice person. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Obviously, I mean, that's what he's there for. He's there, he's there to give us that, that rage to keep us watching. So, um, oh boy, like I, I hate him. I hate him. We need something to hate, right? Um, mm -hmm. Now I get like, I've seen some comments online about this series, like uh, he, well, We'll talk more about this later. We're going to get in. We're going to dig in. Um, so finally, uh, I want to say Pete Cow, um, Tainu are so sweet. You know, um, how do you do you love or do you hate their sweetness as a couple? Boy, I love their sweetness. It just gives me a heartwarming every time I see him. Is that even though Pete is like very possessive and and, uh, and Cal is like, uh, mellow with him tries to relax him all the time when he gets really possessive or he gets really angry and just the sweetness that 
cow has to pee and then pee returns it to cow. It's like very, it's like, oh my gosh, that's, that just, that just melts my heart. <laughs> yeah, same. I, uh, oh boy, I love it. I love it. Uh, every time I see them, it's like, it's a, the, the thing that I love about it is that um, their relationship is not like this mythical fairy tale relationship. They have their problems. They have their flaws. Each of the characters has their flaws. Um, yeah, I just love that we see it, see them succeed uh, despite, you know, the problems that they have. They kind of balance each other out. Like one, one, one person has something that the other person doesn't. And then like they just balance it out. And then it comes all, it, it comes all at the end of them actually almost having the same things towards the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe, maybe at some point, because this is this is a, a a series that's a spinoff of both Kiss Me and Kiss Me Again. So maybe at some point we can have you back on Saint to review at least the this character specific plot lines of those shows. Um, so, all right, moving on. So when I first watched BL series, um, I almost felt it was like a void of something that I'd been looking for previously. You know, I was I've always been stuck like watching. Um, I've never really watched like romantic comedies or 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 um or like soap operas because they they all had one thing in common they they were uh, heterosexually based um, and that's fine nothing wrong with that um, you know my parents are straight that's not true uh, <laughs> never mind <laughs> my family is very queer my parents thought they were straight um, but. Yeah, so when I saw BL, I was like, "Oh, I know what everybody's like onto when when they when they're watching dramas, when they're watching romance comedies." Um, and so, you know, I, I uh, so our next segment is about specifically uh, how BL series can help the LGBT community. Um, it's about LGBT relationships and how we can personally relate to different struggles characters go through. It's now time for the meat and potatoes of Pink Milk Diaries. It's a Pink Milk thing. Woo! <laughs> um, so there are a few things this series brought up to me. Um, uh, the first one I want to talk about is, you know, taking care of your significant other to kind of piggyback off of um, talking about the sweetness of Pete Cow. Um, you know, we know Cow is always like, you know, sponging off Pete's face or like giving him medicine, you know, doing, doing these little things to let him know that he cares. Um, but at the same time, he's not lovey-dovey. Like he doesn't show his, uh, his warmth in, in like, affectionate ways he does it in the sense that in very practical ways like he wants to make sure he's comfortable he wants to make sure he's healthy um whereas pete uh he just he he wants to express himself to cow like he wants to say i love you he wants to do it in front of everyone he wants to tell everyone um and cow's just not ready for that so so you know Taking care of your uh, significant other can be tough because you're one person and they're another person. Yeah. You know, it's like you have your own idea of what you need. So if you use like basic logic, then you take your needs and you try to fulfill your needs in them, which can create like misunderstandings and issues that we see play out in their relationship. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, um, starting off with Pete and Cal, how uh, Pete likes 
likes to express his way of using words. He's more of a, like, uh, like how you say, he wants to say, I love you in front of everybody. He wants to show that affectionate. And in the case with Cal, he likes, he, he, he does like doing things in order to show his affection to his significant other. And I think, uh, like, for example, for me, um, I'm more of like, kind of like in the Cal section, like, I like to uh, think that there's different ways of showing affection to your significant other. Um, it's just the way that you, 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 you say it, or you, you, you do things. Like for me, if I, I believe like if I do it, if I have a significant other, mine would be like almost like cat, like taking care of that my significant other, being able to show my affection. It's like here, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you to these things. Like even though I won't like it or. I probably will enjoy a little bit, but that's my way of showing, uh, my, that will be my way of showing affection, like going, going to places or doing things for my significant other. And I think it's because of, uh, like, um, it's like the, those senses of being a friend, a friend, there's different ways of showing your friendship to people. Either you buy gifts for that person, you, you, you say it or you, you do other things and something like that. And I think having a significant other being, being a significant other goes along with that as well. Being able to show your affection in the way that you're comfortable showing it. Oh, that's so interesting because, um, I was, I had to laugh because like, I, I, I'm actually in the opposite place. Like my boyfriend is more like Kyle. He, he, um, he, he like tries specific practical things to take care of me. Um, and I'm more like, I want to go, I want to take him to the expensive restaurant or I want to give him the expensive present. And I always say, I love you because like, well, like my thought is like, we don't know what's going to happen. What if we get into an accident or you don't share that feeling? And he's like, but I just show you. And I'm like, well, I, but I tell you, and I tried it. Hopefully that shows you. Um, and, and, and so, yeah. And so I'm more, I'm more of the, um, more of the peak kind of character, you know, in a lot of ways. And I think we're going to see, we're going to see that more uh, <laughs> as time goes on. Um, but I do think like, I do like to, I do like to be the kind of person like, this series has made me want to focus more on like taking care of like practical details that are good for someone else's life. Um, because it's actually really important, like that we can't always be, um, we can't always be the only one taking care of ourselves. Like we all fall apart sometimes and it's okay. Um, and we all need someone who's going to pick up the pieces for us, you know, whether that's a friend or a partner or a family member, like it's okay. Um, it's okay so to it's ask good. for help at some at certain points of your life because you can't do everything on your own. It's like right, yeah, and 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 vice versa. Like I want to be that because people have done that for me. So vice versa, I want to be that person who can do that for someone else. Um, so it's great, you know, to to tell people you love them, to express yourself. You know, I like that's big for me. Like I'm a writer. I love to I love to write about um, how I feel. Uh, but it's also important to show people how you feel with action. And, and so I can see both sides of it here. That's the cool thing about watching these series. They teach us things. Um, yeah. Anything else to say about taking care of your significant other? No, I will. Just the last uh, thought is like, it's just like everybody's different whenever, whenever it comes to significant others. Uh, like 
even though like uh, you see a couple here and there, it could be heterosexual or or or, uh, or same sex or anything. It's just like they have they're going through something all the time, like we are as always, and they're always showing their affectionate their way. They already have their way of showing their affectionate. So it's like just try to remember. It's like you have your own way. They have their own way. And then if you have if you do find a significant other. Uh, try to balance that out with each other. Yeah, absolutely. So like we see multiple times, like we were saying before, um, you know, uh, Pete is is more passionate. He's more uh, based on language. Um, he's also very possessive of Cal. Um, and for me, it's it, that it's kind of weird not not weird like I get I get it I get it because like he feels threatened and he can't even like say out loud right that that that's his boyfriend and he loves him because um Kyle's not ready to come out um and yeah so I think I think what how how do you think uh how do you think about being possessive like of a partner because for me, for me, like, okay, I have to explain because I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little like mixed up about it because like I have uh, like sort of feelings of, of that about my significant other. Like I, I don't want anybody else to like interfere with our relationship or go near it, but also like I trust him on his own in his life um, uh, to take care of it. Um, and I think he feels the same about me. Like he, he feels possessive too, but, but also he's mature, he's mature, he's an adult and he trusts me. Um, and we fulfill that in each other. So, you know, so for me, like, as maybe it's just because I'm like in my thirties and they're, you know, college students, um, <laughs> it's a little different. Um, but from where I'm sitting, it's, it's strange to be so possessive, but also I remember what it was like when I was young. Anyway, I just kind of lengthy interior monologue there, but uh, what do you think? I think there's different types of possessiveness. That's what I see it, because there's possessiveness of like, for example, and you're like, you, you want to show that you're with this person. You want to show, you want to be able to tell them, hey, but like, I'm with this person. Like, I don't want anybody going with this person anymore. It's like, um, <clears throat> And then there's also the possessive, like the possessiveness that I see from Pete is that um, it's more, not the frustration, not the correct word I want to use, but like kind of like he wants to express himself so much that he's in love with, with Cal and he wants to tell the world that he's with Cal, but Cal is not letting him. So the possessiveness comes out a little bit more of like, uh, kind of like a, being mad about it but yet we like if you see the show we uh, you kind of understand like why it's not it's not that he's mad is that he's trying to be respectful but at the same time you see that he is like he's boiling up like every episode is like trying to he's trying to keep it in himself with most of the time so I think there's different types of possessiveness yes you could be possessive and be kind about it and yes to the ex to the extreme is that you could be possessiveness and just be like mean about it or like somewhere in the middle. Like I see Pete like in the middle. Like he's possessiveness, like he's sweet still about it, but he's to the point that he just wants to tell the world, but trying to respect Cal's um 
like uh, we're trying to respect him because he's not out and he's not comfortable coming out yet. Mm, yeah, you can tell. You can tell. There's there's like there's a struggle going on in Pete, and uh, there it's like these emotions are building up, and he has no outlet for it, so it comes out in those ways, like his possessiveness, his and also because his relationships being threatened, right? Um, yeah. He can't really like do anything about it without outing yeah. Cow and himself. Um, yeah, uh, coming coming to that coming to that uh, that threat to their relationship. Um, it's it's Cow is the one who's like letting that happen. I, I continually found myself being frustrated, uh, maybe a little bit stronger than frustration um, by Cow's actions. To, to, to just continue, like, I understand the position he's in, like, okay, so uh, he he's being, not forced, but he's being pressured to teach non, right, that threat, that antagonist, um, he, he's being threatened to te uh, tutor non, um, because his mom, because non is the son of his mom's boss, which is like, this is, this is what I love about this series, it's like so intertangled, it's so like, everything's so um like everybody's like linked. yeah this way that way and they're all butting heads and there's this like writhing mess almost and it's just like it's a lot like like real life except a little more dramatic um but so he he does he feels that pressure but then you know to make uh to make pete feel better he says oh if it interferes with us i'll stop teaching um non and i think that was the wrong thing to say you know um because he could have just, he did try to explain it to Pete, but instead of like trying to patiently continue to explain why he has to teach Nam, he, he, he conceals it because he doesn't want to deal with Pete's um, angry emotions because it's the easier thing to do, right? Um, and we know that Pete With a thousand is, questions that Pete might have. <laughs> right, right. And, and Pete is like, like hard-headed and doesn't and stubborn and doesn't want to like doesn't want to like see the other side of things um i think we're going to end up talking mostly about p cow um so yeah but 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 we see we see more of that like in in other relationships too um when when mork for example uh the newly forming relationships when mork says I'm not going to fight anyone. And then he does fight people, although that's an unavoidable situation, but we, we see, okay. So about honesty with your partner, that's mostly what I want us to talk about um, because of this, because of we, we brought this up. Um, so for me, I don't really have a struggle with it um, because my life is boring. Uh, and <laughs> I, I, <laughs> um, I don't really have very much to lie about um i might like say good night i'm going to bed now because we're in a long distance relationship and then i don't like immediately go to bed or something like that and i'm like oh no like <laughs> i did something wrong but really all i did was like watch my face wash my face and like watch the final like few minutes of a, a bl that i'm finishing um but like that's a, that's a lie that's a big lie um so i don't struggle with it in my past though i have struggled with honesty um, with my partners in the same, for the same reason that Cow did. So actually this is interesting because I'm able to relate to Cow too. Um, so yeah, because, because I didn't want to deal with the, the emotional uh, 
situation that would be created if I told the truth, but then it just got worse, just like it did in this series. What do you think? Well, uh, for me, I, ha I have not had a significant other in order to do that kind of, kind of stuff, but in, uh, in my way, I would say it's like, yes, being honest, but if like if your partner, um, and this is just my opinion, if your partner's not okay to hear the truth, um, then there should, should be some things to talk about there here and there and be able to like, hey, just sit down and talk about it because if you, if you lie about one thing or keep it a secret, like how Count did, or like how Mort did, he, yes, he, uh, he, he said he wasn't gonna fight anymore, but then he, he ended up because like, uh, like how you said, it's unavoidable. There's some un unavoidable things that you, that you have to like, no, understand like, hey, this is unavoidable. Like, even though they said no, but if, if to the point, if it gets to that point, then yes, I understand. And this is where the conversation should be with your significant others. Like, what are some avoidable things and what are not avoidable things? And then just may just have a consensus with each other. It's like, hey, like, let's do, like, yes, I understand you might not do this, but it might happen without your control. And these are the ones that you can control. Like, for example, with Cal, Cal could have controlled the situation. More couldn't. More, yeah. or like, like, it was, because more... Uh, just his presence, he made enemies. <laughs> and then uh, with Cal, um, he he had a choice and Mark didn't. That's how I see it. Like you just got to view the points of like, which, are, which ones are avoidable and which ones are not when you lie. Or, it, or uh, if you want to lie, but if not, then that's the where you have, I would say, have a conversation with your significant other about that. Right, exactly. I, I, so for me, it's like if you lie about something that's a big deal, um, you're, you're lying to yourself too. Uh, it's like you're getting into a situation where you think, like, yeah, I, oh, I don't have to deal with these, these, it's an avoidance tactic, right? Like, I'm, I'm, um, I, I, I'm, I don't want to deal with these com complex emotions now. So I'm going to put it off. Um, and and you and, and it gives you the illusion that everything's okay, but the truth is that latently underneath everything, there's a serious problem, and you're not dealing with it. Um, and the question is, oh, I'm worried that I'll lose this person. But if you're worried about that and you don't tell them, you've kind of already lost them. Um, yeah. You can't because that's not a real relationship. It's based on a lie, right? And so that's probably where we see it, like later in the series, maybe around episode nine. Um, uh, where where every uh, the shit hits the fan, pardon my language, but that's like everything goes crazy, like everything goes wrong, um, and that's where we see that happen. Is that it all just comes out, it all just explodes into every this. Time, every crisis. time uh, within every episode, it's like that that office worker that piles up all their like all their files into yeah. one place and just lets it go. It's like I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. It kind of reminds you of that, and then eventually mm -hmm. everything falls off to the floor. And that kind of reminds me of that at, towards the end of the of the of the show. It's like everything just got piled up, and it just went onto the floor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's one thing if you do that with work, or <laughs> like with like cleaning or whatever, which is not good to do that. But like if you do it in your your personal and emotional life, um, you're really doing yourself a disservice because it's it's like it's it's painful. It just causes pain. It's like. 
uh, yeah, <laughs> love yourself. Take care of it now. You know, have that conversation. You're going to feel better after you do. Um, have a conversation with yourself too. It's like, what can I? Right. Even if, even if you can't bring, bring yourself to, to talk to the other person about it, you should acknowledge it with yourself so that you know. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you were going to say something. Um, uh, I was just going to end the, uh, like my opinion is like, just, just talk to yourself, understand what your limits are. What are your limits to you, to your emotionally and physically too? Absolutely. Yeah, I can't agree more. Um, so another thing that we run into in this series is like choosing your own path versus choosing the path that other people expect for you. Or, or uh, yeah, uh, we see that with um, Sun, who uh, his, his father didn't seem to be okay with him being gay, but like made his peace with it, but he didn't want him to like flash it everywhere. And then also Sun wants to open a cafe and does open a cafe. Um, and he, he basically goes against his father's wishes and just pursues his dream, which is awesome. Um, but it also creates this big rift between himself and his father. So he's, he's living his own path. And then we kind of see not the exact opposite, um, but we see a different path for Cal, um, who is, who like, who, who has a mother who supports him. Um, but she just, you know, believes the conventional thing because he hasn't offered her, uh, like a different, an alternative vision. So he just kind of goes along with her vision and is scared, um, that she, that she won't accept him for who he is. Um, and then we have, uh, and then we have Pete who, you know, his father just supports him a hundred percent, but he's unclear. Everybody has expectations for him, but he's unclear about what he wants. Um, uh, the only thing he's clear on is that he wants cow. Um, so I don't know. Um, it's an interesting thing, you know, having, having to choose your own path versus the expectations that your parents or that society place on you. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any experience with that or? Um, not to the point of like these characters, but yeah. Um, like, uh, my parents had some expectations of me, but then like they supported, uh, supported all my decisions that I, that I did. Like, uh, for example, uh, back in college, I would be like, at one point I switched my major like five times and I would tell them every single time I would switch it. And my mom was like, not again. It's like, but what are you going to do with this? Like, and I explained to her, it's like, oh, okay, then just do, uh, just make sure whatever you're doing is like, doesn't affect you to have go to school even longer and everything it's like just make sure that you're doing it you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing so uh my mom would be like more of like the the cow mom uh, like always supportive like uh, like always being a, there for me uh <clears throat> but like i see it i i see like other point other expectations of some parents like i've seen it with my friends like their parents expected to do something and then they don't do it or they actually did do it but that a lot a few of them are not happy about it but then they make peace with it as well right yeah yeah for for me it's like i i didn't really have a huge like thing for that i, I just I, I i never what happened to me was 
or my experience of it is that from a young age, everyone was just kind of telling me what's going to happen. Right. And, uh, and, and like, everybody's telling you, oh, you're going to go to school. You're going to graduate. You're going to, um, you're going to get married. You're going to, oh, you're going to go to college. You're going to get married. You're going to have children. Um, have a house and a two picket fence and two car garage and a dog and everything. And like, that's the way it's going to be. And so I never really, um, questioned it until I started seeing that I was attracted to other men. Um, and then like around the age of 12, I, the, when, if I look back even further, like I can see the first seeds of that even younger. But, uh, when I was 12, I was like, Oh, <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> um, and it started, there was like this divergent path, like ahead of me where like, this is what, this is what I can see for myself, or I, I didn't even know what I could see for myself, because I'd never questioned the vision that, that people had seen. Um, and then there, basically, I was told, you can be anything, you can do anything, you know, typical, like, early 90s, like, um, American optimism, which is like, you can do whatever you want. You can do have anything you want. But what, and then what I ran into is like that vision, I also didn't know what I wanted after I reached that point, I was like, what do I do? Like, who am I? Like, what, what, what do I want? Um, and the answer that's come back to me is like, I just want to enjoy my life. So I, I never, I never went to college because I didn't get that opportunity. Uh, I didn't really support, I didn't apply myself as a student. So I didn't give myself the opportunity to avail myself of like scholarships or anything. Um, so the vision that I have of my life is just that I want to enjoy it. Um, and that it's short. Uh, and so, and my, so, so, you know, other people's expectations of me, I definitely did not fulfill. Um, but, you know, again, just like you, my family's been supportive. My family's been kind, you know, they're just happy that I'm happy. Um, yeah. And so I think, you know, a lot of people are put in a different position than that. A lot of people, like, they have this legacy that they have to fulfill, or they have something else going on. Um, and that that is particularly true in the LGBT community. Um, where, you know, people can't fulfill their parents' expectations. Yeah. And then well, the one thing, uh, and someone told me this, and, and I can't remember who told me this, but then I, once I heard it, I was like, I'm going to follow this through the, my entire life with other things that I do. It's like, uh, whatever people expect from you, just take it as a, just, uh, as a suggestion. Think about it. If it doesn't, uh, if it's not a positive thing for you, then uh, move it aside. Like, don't worry about it anymore. Just go go along with expectations that you that you can think of will go along with that. If it goes along with that, then yeah, go follow through it. But if not, then don't do it because then you're gonna hurt yourself eventually in the in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we can leave that subject there. That was great. Um, the next one's kind of silly. Uh, it's uh, it's a workplace romance. <laughs> so. <laughs> So you have the situation where it, it didn't start out that way, um, but in the end, where Mork and Sun, Sun fell for each other was working together and was that shared experience. Now, yeah, it's true. Sun did kind of draw Mork into it, but he didn't have, he didn't really know that he had feelings yet. I have an idea that he might have had feelings in the beginning, but he just wasn't willing to admit it. Um, but yeah, so 
it, you can see it come out though um because because it, it gets kind of unstable like they working together or they're not working together because they're arguing um mm -hmm. when art goes somewhere else and works somewhere else and son's like overwhelmed with things to do um and also you see it where uh you know son's ex comes to help him out because she was a barista too um mm -hmm. and tries to work things out with him and son uh, mork is jealous of that so you know workplace romances we can see get a little messy right um and i have my own experiences with that um it can be messy <laughs> is all i'm gonna say is it gets confusing and you're not sure like that people can misinterpret things and then other people are like what's going on with you um <laughs> you too yeah. yeah it gets it gets a little yeah i personally have seen it work romances i've never had one in my in my experience but yeah. from Aside from Mork and Sun is like, uh, since Mork is Rain's uh, best friend, uh, Sun's brother, uh, mm -hmm. I think that Mork eventually went into the coffee shop business kind of a thing. I don't know how to call it, but he, he ended up liking working as, uh, as a barista. Um, and I think he really enjoyed it being with Sun and I think he got comfortable with Sun and Sun was like, there to support him all, and through the process, even though, yes, they argued because Morg was trying to learn, but Morg was trying to be like, I want to do it my way. I want to do it this way. But Son is like, no, you got to do it this way kind of a thing. And I think that just them being close was uh, was kind of like the factor of them liking each other and and um, and Morg developing these feelings. I think he had those feelings for Son at a certain point, but he just like covered them and also like Son. Someone was trying to get over Cal uh, because from the previous show, it, it, yeah, because uh, he liked Cal, he was trying to pursue Cal, um, and I think Sun wasn't at the point of trying to like someone, and he ended up liking someone that he worked with, and uh, <laughs> and his ex girlfriend coming into the picture kind of made Mork like understand that yes, he does have feelings for Sun, like these are true feelings; they're not just like at the spare moment feelings kind of a thing right um and the conversation she had with mork was one of the best conversations that the, that i think the show has like they they deep down uh, into their feelings like yes i i used to like uh mork more uh, i mean son son used to like me but then eventually we both figured out that we both didn't like each other we liked the same gender and and I think that was a really, really a good conversation that Mork had to have with his ex-girlfriend because I don't think he would have that kind of conversation with Sun. So I think, mm -hmm. and that kind of like helped out with the with the work romance kind of the thing. Like now he's trying to pursue him, but everybody knew at that point that what was going on between Mork and Sun. Yeah, yeah, almost everyone but them, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because Sun always had strong feelings about Mork. Because mm -hmm. um, he before he hated him, right? Like he didn't like him at all. And and uh he always thought that he was just dragging his brother into trouble. Um, he had very strong feelings about him. What he didn't realize is that he cared about him, and that's why uh he didn't want bad things to happen to him, you know. Um, and he was very stern with him because of that. Um yeah, yeah, but I I 
And he had the best excuse because he used his brother as an excuse to see Mark all the time. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and also, like, I, on the workplace romance front, like, I can see that it worked out for them. Um, you know, they're, they're almost like partners in it. You know, they, like, they do their thing. Uh, they, have a, they have a cool dynamic where they go back and forth about it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it works out for them. Um, and I think, like, after this show, I've noticed it, too, on the work or romance uh, areas with other couples and other shows, too. Like, when they do their internships, because, uh, you know, a lot of them do their internships at, yeah. the, at the end of their, their school. Um, yeah. Like, you see them, e even though they work together or they work at a, uh, at a company and they end up liking someone within that company. And, right. And you kind of see that. Um, with the show right now that's going on with Top Secret, uh, the series, you see that, but also too, like, it, this made me, this part of the show made me realize because of the Dark Blue Kids with Sun and Mork. Yeah. Yeah, people people reach to the things that are, that are familiar, like before smartphones, before, you know, dating apps and all that. And I'm not, those are perfectly legitimate ways to like meet people. I'm not um, I met my own boyfriend off of an app. So I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like downing those, but before all those things, people did meet in organic ways, like around them too. Um, and, you know, it's interesting to see that that just a workplace romance is just another place that you meet someone. Um, and a lot of people, even if it doesn't work out in a workplace setting, one of them leaves that setting and they, they settle down and they have their romance, you know, outside, but they met at work still. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, so I, I think, you know, wherever you meet someone, all the power to you love someone. That's the important thing is to, to bring more love into the world. Love yourself, you know? Um, yeah. Respect. Yeah, exactly. So I, th I think, you know, the final thing that I want to talk about in this segment is being ready to come out, which is the source of so much drama in this series is, is that cow is not ready to come out and that puts stress on his relationship. Um, with Pete and also uh, a Mork didn't even know that <laughs> he was gay or bi or whatever, you know, whatever label. Um, and he, he, he was certainly not ready to immediately to, to accept his feelings for Sun. Um, and we see the tension of, you know, how Sun came out to his dad and was ready to go out on his own and do things. So people are at different places and coming out. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it and it happens differently to every person and uh, like right happens like with son he told his dad mark he was trying to figure it out we still don't know what he is though <laughs> yeah yeah right right he didn't he didn't put a label on it we know that he loves son yeah um, yeah son and like uh cal is still conflicting if he's gonna tell his mom and if his mom's gonna support him because his mom is his whole life he's uh, other than other than Pete, mom, his mom is his whole life, uh, mm -hmm. um, right? And Pete, and in some cases in real life, you, uh, some LGBT people get, do get caught, <laughs> and it's it's to the point, uh, like to the point, it's like how comfortable are you to come out to family members, to friends, and everything like that, because like. Uh, cause sometimes we, we, we could, uh, like, for example, with Pete and Nong, like they both got caught. 
and you got different perspective of parents. Pete right. supported him a hundred percent. Like he went, he went. Uh, uh, this was before duplicates. He went before. Uh, he went to Pete and Cal and like, we'll go to the go to the living room. We're gonna have a talk and kind of a thing. And he like supported them. And the the one point that I knew like he was a thousand percent like super supportive is when uh, Pete's dad gave gives him the condom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes. Like his dad is so cool. <laughs> His like he is he doesn't he's not like totally like hip or with it or whatever but he's entirely supportive of his son um and what kind of place does he work at that they just hand out free condoms that's what i'm interested in too yeah, but anyway, yeah. but um but he's and like, and like with with pete's dad it's like even and and if he doesn't know what to do he asks pete he he like asks or he asks around people yeah. like he he might know that they know the answer. Like he's trying to understand his own son. Like, yeah. and I yeah. think that is one of the one of the greatest things ever. And then you got like non-stat, like super hardcore, like no, like yeah, right, and everything like that. He like drags him, and we don't know what happens with him, but because it doesn't show. But like you get the sense of like he ain't, he is not supportive of not on this. Yeah, and 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 so like. Yeah, yeah, totally. My 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 experience was a little bit more like nuns, actually, where where um I was in a situation where I couldn't avoid coming. I knew I was gay or bi like two years before that, and I kind of like kept it quiet and disliked myself for a couple of years, and then I was brought into that situation. The difference was when that situation happened, my family was very accepting, um, and they were they were you know supportive, and there was a little bit of tension um, sometimes, but all in all, I was supported. So I didn't really have the choice to decide. Um, and I think that was kind of, there was kind of like a, a little bit of like, it was, yeah, it was painful. It was like a bandaid getting ripped off and revealing an open wound. And it did create a lot of depression. Um, but also like, it was good because I didn't have to work up the courage to have like a, a situation where I had to do that. Um, in, yeah. In my experience, I, I did uh, one time when I came for vacation with my sister, which I'm currently at right now, I told her, I just told her because I was comfortable already. And then with my mom, what I did is that I wrote her a letter oh, explaining okay. and explaining uh, the reasons why, the, like how I felt and everything like that. And <clears throat> um, I know that to this point, I know she has that letter still that when I came out. So um, she's still trying to understand uh, like how Pete's dad is, uh, trying to understand. She doesn't ask a lot of questions, but she she tries at certain points. And, um, but I get her, I get it, especially in the Hispanic community. Like it's, it's, it's tough as well. Um, yeah, so the same, the same kind of like happened or not, not the same happened to me. What am I talking about? But my family, my family was supportive. Like my, my mom was actually very laid back to like, she didn't really ask any questions. She didn't really have to, she was just like, Hey, yeah. At first she was just kind of like, Oh, like, cause I was going through a period of also getting like dressing a little more punk, a little more Gothic. And she was like, because you're gay doesn't mean you have to like dress like a different way. And I was like, no, this is unrelated. 
And then she actually started like taking me to like Hot Topic and taking me like, she goes, these are Doc Martens. Do you know what those are? These, that's what these are. I used to have these. And she, she told me like her, um, she supported me, whatever I did. She took me to, to gay youth events where I met some of my boyfriends. She met some of my boyfriends. Um, and she was totally just like chill about everything. She marched in a gay pride parade with me. Um, so it's like, you know, I had that support, but also she was just never, she never like dug into my, into my life. Um, my other mom, who was, uh, I thought at that time, my dad, um, uh, you know, was totally accepting. Um, and she was, you know, going through her, you know, own coming out process, uh, self-exploration process at that time of being trans. And so it like, so like, so it was, it, that was interesting for me. Like she actually, I, I never had to come out to her, but she actually had to come out to me, which was, um, yeah. So, so that's a takeaway from this, you know, that, that no matter when you're ready to come out, it's okay. Whether you're, you know, 13, you're wh however, whatever age you're at, if you're listening to this um, and you're not ready to come out, come out in your own time, come out when you know you're supported. Sometimes it's better to wait. Sometimes, you, you know, you want to wait into a position. If you know, you're not going to be supported, um, don't, you're not living a lie. You're living, you're living, you know, what is necessary and get yourself to a point where you're safe, where you know, you're secure and come out there. But at the same time, you know, if you are in a position where you're going to be supported and what you are working through is your own issues, your own feelings about being gay or bi or trans or whatever, um, you know, just, just if you tell someone that you're at least having confusion about that, they can help you come to terms with that. If you know that someone's going to be supportive of you. Um, yeah, like for me, from my experience, I did tell a few friends before I told my family and it, and it helped out a lot because I, some of them are like, seriously, we're already, you know, it's like, okay, it's like, just move along that kind of a thing. And then <clears throat> um, like at my current job, uh, but uh, I walked in and someone asked me to, do I, if I have a girlfriend. And so, and someone in that same room said, uh, like, you don't ask that. It's like, you said, do you have a significant other? Cause you don't know yeah. what, what they are. It's like, and like, and I knew that this person who said that, like, I knew they knew that, that I was, and it still am, that was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she, she knew, and that made me even more comfortable in my workplace because then I knew she was a person that if, if I go tell her, she's like, oh yeah, I already knew. And, she, and honestly, this person actually did help me a little bit here and there. And she's the one who, um, who mentioned about writing the letter and that's, and she helped me out. And so like I just said, yeah, I, if you have, if I come out some to someone, so, that person may be able to help you out uh, to get more comfortable, be able to get your uh, your expressions out a little bit more, and then it could be in any uh, any form. You could record a video, you could record audio, you, anything. Say it in person. Do I I've seen um, new ways to a presentation as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's I mean there's all there's all kinds of ways of coming out. Um, it's best to do it in the way that like helps you. Like you said, you wrote a letter. Um, there are some people who don't have a choice like me. Uh, we were outed uh, like Pete, yeah. we were outed. Um, and, you know, 
that's okay too. Like you, you just have to, you know, work with the situation, you know, um, and, and try to find your point of safety and security. Like Pete, you know, in the midst maybe of the most terrible period he'll ever experience, right? Like he's accused of, of uh, sexually assaulting a minor. He's, he's, um, he's lost his job. His mm-hmm. face is all over the internet, right? Everybody hates him, but he finds this precious moment with his mother um, who, who totally accepts him for who he is mm-hmm. and is okay with it. And, and um, you know, not everybody can have that, but, but, you know, so, but it's also another lesson that no matter like how dark your situation is, you can come out of it with something really valuable, even if that's just the experience that you have to offer and to connect with somebody else and to support them. Always a light at the end of that tunnel. There's always a light. Exactly. Yeah, totally. All right. So, so in light of like all of this, um, I want to talk a little more, bit more deeply about the character dynamics for a couple of minutes before we close. Um, and we'll just go through character by character. Um, and, and part of that, I want to, there was, there was another thought that I had, which was like, this series is a little bit about how our parents make us who we are. And we see that from the, 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 um, the appearance of the parents or their absence in a lot of the characters' lives. Um, so, so about Pete, um, you know, we know that he's possessive. We know he's very jealous of Cal. Um, yes. We know he comes from a rich family. And, and because of all, maybe even because of the support of his father, because of all the options that he has, he's not really sure what to do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, whereas Cow, you know, he's a good hearted person. We can see a lot of his mother in him. And he even says it at one point. Um, he's a people pleaser. And he bends over backwards to try to make everybody, you know, feel good about a situation, which is probably why he's, you know, a good teacher. Um, he, he also like, uh, like every time that Pete tells him, you need to be at the pool in 10 minutes, he'll, he'll try to get there in 10 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And even, even when Nan is completely messing with him and try and like making his life really hard, he still has empathy for Nan. And he's still, almost to the point of my intense frustration with him, um, deals with, uh, him in in a way that is more than fair. Um, like you can see what yeah. uh, what uh, like what non is trying to do, but he doesn't he doesn't bring it up or anything. He tries to to be as positive as possible with him. But yeah. I, I like yeah, the frustration that I get from from uh, Cal doing all that stuff does come along with watching this show. But mm-hmm. also like he he is a people pleaser. He wants people to like him. If people don't like him, he gets very like stressed about it. Yeah, yeah, he does. And and we can see that like he's got he's a little, you know, because of that people pleasing attitude, he he's trying to fulfill his mother's expectations. He's trying to he's trying to, you know, um, not diverge from her view of him. He wants to be that good son to her, but he feels like if he comes out, she's going to not love him the same way or not see him the same way. And he'll feel like he's not being a good son. Um, and like how Pete and tells him, like how Pete tells him, at a certain point you have to say no. At, like towards the beginning of the yeah. show, like he doesn't. At certain, at one point you're gonna have to say no to someone. 
Yeah, we see these two characters too, and they're very different and and they're very sure of themselves in different ways, right? Um, you know, Cow has that confidence in study, in in work, in everything. He 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 he's used to being like sure of himself in those situations. Like he, he can give a presentation easily, but he's very difficult for him to talk about his emotions. And Pete is the exact opposite, right? He he's he's not really too sure about his future, his work, his education, but he knows exactly how he feels and exactly what he wants, exactly who he is. Um, and he's he's not afraid to talk about. It. Yeah, and you can see it um, when he goes and has like lunch with his uncles and his cousins, like you can see it there. Like he has no idea what to do, but he knows emotionally how he feels about everything. Yeah. Like he, uh, both, both of them have like kind of adapted from the absence of a parent a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because like Pete's mom is not involved and Cal's dad is not in the picture too. And and it, my mind wanders off. I don't know what exactly happened to that to those specific Yeah, parents. I don't know. So it's like um it could possibly something that happened when they were kids, like um that they uh die from like a, a disease or did they get killed or something like that like what what made them be to the person that they are at that point where we see them in the show exactly um so let's talk about non a little bit you know he's an internet superstar he's very arrogant as a result um but all of that's just a front like that arrogance that surety that certainty is just a front because he has this abusive father you know um who doesn't really pay attention to him the most attention that he pays to him is to just to make sure that he's maintaining appearances um and he's you know he uh non is also a lot like his dad in that he uses manipulation to get what he wants um because his dad, his dad, you know, will put that pressure on, uh, on um, Cow and his mother, you know, and yeah. his dad and, and Non is willing to do that as well. Um, he kind of, he kind of manipulates Cow, saying kind of like up to the point where you could feel it saying it's like, if you don't, if you don't tutor my son, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give your mom the promotion kind of a yeah. thing because the promotion comes in and that a lot of times like, She's excited for the promotion and he knows there's a promotion going on and he knows she applied for it. So, and I think he kind of uses that part of Cal's mom in order for Cal to tutor non. And that's where all the trouble starts because it, it, because non at one, uh, at the point where he sees Cal, he likes him and he knows, and he realizes real quick that he and Cal are together. And that just starts yeah. the whole drama. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he's a smart kid, and also I think I think it's important to find positive things about people we don't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I would say the one positive thing about Nan is that he's reaching out. He's I, I feel like it's his attempt to connect with Pete, and uh, I'm sorry, with Cow is genuine, um, and and it's something that comes from his desire to find a place of love and affection. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a reminder because Pete uh, Cow is a very kind person, and he's very you know he is a people pleaser. Uh, he's also an older male who's kind of like 
could be seen as a father figure. Um, so he's reaching out, you know, for something in his life that he feels is an absence. Um, and also and, when, when Nan sees Cal and Pete with their friends, like he sees that interaction and he loves that interaction. He wants that right. interaction. And, and I think at the, from when the moment he saw his, uh, Cal's friends, I think he tried to be uh, more of like trying to uh, a way of telling Cal's like, hey, help me. I need I need something like this in my life because everything at home is like uh, always dark and everything. And I kind of want something good in my life. And yeah, he, and I like how he tries to make friends at that and youth engineer um, program that the young year. Yeah. And um, but he 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 does make friends but then at at a point it's like he doesn't he doesn't un, uh, understand that when he talks he tries to he, it comes out as manipulative to other people but he doesn't realize yeah. that he's so used to doing that yeah, yeah yeah well it's almost like he's learned it from his father right and also his mom is 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 off with another and this is fine like p- families come to you know, understandings where they can't be together anymore. Um, I, I, the same thing has happened in my family, but, but the difference was that, um, you know, they just didn't have a good experience of it. And so he's using what he knows of his parents' relationship. He's using what he's learned from his father's behavior, who's the primary, his primary caretaker. And he's using those methods to try to gain friends or to try to gain, you know, to reach out for this thing. And it just poisons everything. Um, And we're left with, the prime example of a, of a, you know, of a sweet, kind person who's Cow's mother rebuking um, Nan's father and, and they exit kind of like, and we hope at least that they find some kind of love in between and, and, and kind of heal as a family. Um, mm-hmm. Because remember, like uh, in this, there was a scene where Cow, uh, uh, why do I keep doing that? Cow um, is tutoring Nan at home. And he said, and, and Nan said, my father was never like this when my mother was still here. And it was kind of heartbreaking in a way yeah. because Nan has turned into this cold scheming person because like this, that's his home is cold. His life is cold. It's a reminder that the people who do the darkest things are still human. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, they've been through, they've been through things. And I, and I think when, when Nan got drunk and uh, his friend called Cal, and and on like trying to get him like why why don't you like me i don't think that was like why don't you want to be with me kind of thing it's like why i think that was like a cry for help it's like please yeah. help me i kind i uh, like i need people like you in my life kind of a thing and i yeah. that part kind of got me heartwarming like heartbreaking because he was he was crying for help and that's how i saw that scene and his dad came yeah. in boom, he, he went back to that person that we see throughout the show. Yeah, when it comes down to it, Nan is just a child and we can't really blame him for his actions entirely, but we can totally blame his dad. Um, so uh, let's talk about Sun, Rain, and Mork and then we'll move on. Um, so Sun is very strict. He's a serious, serious owner of the Blue Sky Cafe. You know, he's been forced to be um, independent because of his father's non- non-acceptance. And I feel like partially because of that, you know, he, he probably has some distance from his father. He kind of takes on, so in a different way, um, 
from Nan, who is who his father is not accepting of him. Um, Sun kind of becomes his own parent, and also the parent of his brother and his brother's friends, mm -hmm. and just kind of like takes care of everyone without even thinking about it because that's what he does. He worries about everything. He's stressed out about everything. Um, he everything. So he but he's doing it to pursue his own dream. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we see that too. We see this op this weight of obligation on his shoulders, but we also see the light of like, for example, when they go on their um, their road trip. Um, and this is something that Mork perhaps unlocks in him a little bit, uh, is that he can have the strength and the time, give himself the time to take care of himself and to live out his dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I and I think that Mork like got Sun to come out of his shell a little bit more. And then uh, also to like Sun can relate to Mork a little bit because uh, from a conversation, I don't know if it was with Rain or Rain and Mork or someone that the Rain mentioned that Sun used to be like Mork when he was younger. Like he would get in fights all the time. And, and, at, and at one point Sun made a realization. It's like, what am I doing? It's like, I gotta, gotta get it together. And I, and I think Sun uh, also shares that part of his life with Mork. And I think that uh, in the whole trip, Mork <clears throat> allows Sun to be himself even more, even Mork to be himself with Sun, because there, no one's there to judge him. No one's, uh, no one's there to pick fights with them. And we see a little bit of it because like um, Mork tries to get in a fight with someone at the, at the noodle shop and and Sun's like, no, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Like you see the right. you see both of them like trying to balance each other out as well. And I like yeah. how this show with these characters, especially with Sun and Morg, like they're trying to balance it, uh, balance each other out. And I love that. Yeah. Part. Yeah. I love their dynamic. Um and 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 I I kind of wish we had seen like some of that past violent side of Sun and kind of seen him kick a little ass at some point because we didn't really get that opportunity, but I guess he's totally, you know, forsworn that and doesn't want to be involved in that kind of thing anymore. Um, and, you know, I, I, I also, uh, I like the character of Mork. I really like the character of Mork. He's this like very rebellious guy um, who he, he sees himself as a rebel. He sees himself as a bad boy, but he's just not. Like yeah. every, everything that he does is, is, is stems from an honorable place. Like every situation in which he's violent, it's not like he's just out starting fights. It's because he's trying to protect someone mm -hmm. or himself. So like, so, so, you know, every fight that he does is because of, uh, I think one was because of Manau, the girl who likes him and uh, the girl who Rain likes. And then uh, the other ones were all because of Sun. Because <laughs> he, he comes to that moment where he goes, I'm this way because of you. I'm just trying to protect you. Like literally when he yells after he yells at him in the hospital. And then um, when when uh when the guys come into the coffee shop, he doesn't even put a fist out there. He just lets right. him hit while Sun is having his competition. And Rain is like when Sun goes to the hospital and, and just yells at Mork about it and everything. And Rain's like, Are you kidding me? It's like he never, never hit anybody. He hit he got hit because of you. He was trying to use pretty much his saying he was protecting you and your coffee shop. Like give him some uh like some uh dignity or something. Slack. Yeah, cut him some slack. Right. Yeah. All right. 
ah, this is so fun. Like, I don't really want to close this, but I think we're coming up on our time. So, uh, so I want to finally, you know, choose three scenes from the series, each of us, um, that we love. Um, <laughs> That's going to be a tough one. <laughs> yeah. So I'll go, I'll go first to give you some time um, to think about it. And if they're the same, it's okay. You know, that just means that, um, you know, we both loved one part and that it's a really good part of the show. Mm -hmm. um, so like my personally, my favorite scenes, uh, these, these are not in order um, at all. Cause I can't really decide. Um, one of them was the, the makeup scene between um, Pete and Cal in it, where, where Cal finally gets courage, doesn't care, sees the value of having Pete in his life. And he says, I love you. Uh, to him, he like yells it in the place. And then Pete goes, I didn't hear you. What? <laughs> and then he goes, ah, he's like irritated because he knows that he heard him. So that cow dives in the swimming pool and they basically kiss. And, um, you know, it was, it was a great scene. I just love that. It's validating, you know, because it's that release that we, this is what we wanted for them. Right. Um, mm -hmm. it's another one is a, I'm very biased towards, um, Pete cow, but, uh, <laughs> another one was the anniversary uh, surprise because uh, yeah. cow brings doesn't really let's be let's be real cow doesn't bring much sentimentality he doesn't bring like that much we we don't like our hearts don't swell so often because of him um and in this case wow he like he went all out um you know he really did a good job honoring their um their anniversary so that i love that scene i love how sweet they are to each other in that scene um and then finally uh, my last favorite scene is is um, is Mork's birthday party, um, specifically specifically when um, Sun goes. So this is a, this is the present that you get if you want to be my boyfriend, and it's a big box. Mm -hmm. And then he goes a small box. This is a present that you get if you don't want to be my boyfriend. <laughs> um, and and the present that he would get. If he was, correct me if I'm wrong, if he chose to be his boyfriend was a shirt that says barista. Mm -hmm. And if he didn't want to be his boyfriend, it's a shirt that says barista's boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> so either way, he's his boyfriend. Um, <laughs> so son, son's basically sending the message. I'm not giving you a choice. Um, yeah. And Mark is just shy. So he, does, he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to deal with it because it's just like, yeah. eh, he's not ready yet, you know, but he, but he knows what he wants, but he's just not ready to admit it. So he does need that push. Um, then, you can see that Morgan still shy at that scene because he wants to go play Pokemon Go somewhere else. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he also is irritated with Sun because he stopped him from playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, what about you? My top three uh, favorite scenes, I would say the first one is when Kitty and Mark have that conversation. I love that conversation. That was a good scene. I appreciate it. I love the sen sentimental of everything. Uh, my second one would be um, when Pete and Cal are having lunch or dinner with, with Pete's dad. And, and Pete's dad is trying to tell Pete, it's like, hey, 
let him let let him be like not everybody is as supportive as, as I am kind of a thing and I and that was a good uh, I like conversation scenes those are my favorite kind of scenes if you <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you you know I've seen it from your TikToks I'm glad you mentioned that. I actually wanted to mention that scene before we were talking about coming out so thank you yeah and then uh my third one is um this one uh Pete uh it's either Peter or Cal, I can't remember when they're in that lab and, and they talk with, um, with Sunday and um, that conversation is like, it's like, you just gotta, you just gotta be patient. It's like, patience is everything. It's like, it's not, it's not, don't get too frustrated kind of the thing. It's like, just let it be. He's gonna be, he, he's gonna, I think it was with Pete. He's gonna, he's gonna come out when he's ready. Like when he's ready, yeah. he's ready kind of the thing. So. Yeah, I kind of like those conversation scenes. Those conversation scenes always get me, and I was like, try to see the value of it and the point of what why the writers decided for these characters to say this. Awesome. Um, okay, this has been really fun. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have to come back Sunday night, even though that's gonna be late for you. So it's okay if you can't. But uh, for for our BL uh, BL talk on um, Sunday night at midnight Eastern time. Um, so technically we would call that Saturday night or not technically, whatever. Um, <laughs> but it's 11 a.m. Thailand time, um, 12 p.m. Philippines time uh, this Sunday. Um, so yeah, so if, if you guys have enjoyed this as much as we have, or even you know, if you don't enjoy it and you wanna tell us about it um, and, and so we can make it better for you, uh, you can, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. You can listen to Pink Milk Diaries there. You can catch Bright Wind Weekly there. Uh, you can catch We're In Too Deep Together, Deep Dives there. Um, and on YouTube, you can catch our Still Together Deep Dives. Um, yeah, so just search Together Podcast on YouTube. Speaking of social media, um, you can follow us on let's see let's do an inventory twitter you can follow us at together podcast yes you can uh let's see facebook you can follow us facebook.com slash together podcast yes you can um instagram can you follow us there at together podcast yes you can tiktok yes you can um and also please follow saint uh on instagram you can see my hand my personal handle here too and his handle um so follow him and you can find his tiktok tiktok content through uh instagram as well if you see my handle it's the same without the underscore yeah so it's basically you take out one thing um this has been great i want to end with a quote from the series actually it's the it's the final quote um uh is there anything you want to say before we close saying I just want to say thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, all of you guys. Like this is, has been so much fun. Um, I was if you guys haven't gotten a chance, I would say go hear the other podcast from Pink Milk Diaries and Together Podcasts. They're very exciting to hear. I have so much fun just hearing them while I do like work or I do clean around the house. I just hear it and I laugh a lot. So if you guys have any time to hear them or watch the videos on YouTube, I highly suggest that you guys do it as well. Thank you so much. I have to echo that. So finally, um, yeah, the final quote. 
Uh, if you ask me if having a relationship status is necessary, I can't answer that. It depends on each couple's readiness and reasons. Love has no form and no rules. No one can define any requirements except the two people who love each other. That's enough for me. All right. And that's enough for us. Thank you. Bye. Bye.